From the Ernie Banks Memorial Studios and the HardballTimes.com, this is Stealing Home. I'm David Temple. What makes a baseball curse? A good story, certainly. A reputation for losing always helps. But the best ones revolve around a singular figure. A singular figure that's dead. There needs to be that ghostly presence that floats above the stadium and also above the standings. The Red Sox had Babe Ruth. The Cubs had that goat and, to a lesser extent, Steve Bartman. But Bartman was a big Cubs fan, and he's still alive. Babe Ruth won a load of championships with the Yankees. What reason would he have to curse the Red Sox? And goats are idiots. They can't comprehend complex emotions like revenge, and certainly not from the grave. No, a good curse needs a ghost with a grudge, a skeleton with a bone to pick. A good curse needs a figurehead. Randy and Harland were born in Oklahoma and Indiana, respectively, over 60 years apart. It's hard to say whether or not they met, but it's probably safe to assume they never did. Yet their lives are inextricably linked. It is for a fairly silly reason, surely, but the silliness is almost part of the charm. It starts off like a war story. Two strangers' lives are ensnared in an historical event that takes place thousands of miles from their homes. But it's not a war story. It's a story about baseball and chicken and a river and how all three can create specters that haunt a city for decades. Randy was a ball player. He played for Lawton High School in Oklahoma and was drafted in the seventh round by the Minnesota Twins in 1972. But he never did see much playing time. He would be used as a pinch hitter at first and then as a backup first baseman or DH as he bounced from Minnesota to Kansas City to Montreal to San Diego to Texas. In 1982, when his contract expired, he'd only accumulated 72 games started over the course of six years. So Bass decided to do a bold thing, and he signed with the Hanshin Tigers of the Japanese Nippon Professional Baseball League. It was a bold move with a big payout. Bass had a knack for hitting Japanese pitching, it seems, and became a star of the NPB almost overnight. Before long, four consecutive batting titles, two triple crowns, and an MVP award would all bear the name of Randy Bass. Harland had a rough childhood. His father died when he was 10, and he was forced to both work and look after his siblings at a very young age. He forged some papers so that he could join the army at the age of 16. And when he returned, he bounced around between jobs. He worked for a railroad, as a fireman, as an insurance salesman, and he founded his own ferry boat company. Then he got into the business of running gas stations in Kentucky. This was during the Great Depression, so Harland was desperate to bring in business any way he could. So he started selling meals at his service station, including steaks, ham, 
and his own special recipe of fried chicken. His popularity grew. He got good reviews and more and more customers. Even a gas ration that closed his stations couldn't stop the growth of his chicken business. He promoted and franchised his brand for over 30 years before finally selling the company in 1964 to a group of businessmen. That group would expand the restaurant even further, including to overseas locations like London, Berlin, and Osaka. His success and popularity would lead him to earning the highest civilian honor the Commonwealth of Kentucky can bestow. And that's how Colonel Harlan David Sanders got himself to Japan. Well, in one respect, at least. The colonel died in 1980, so he wasn't around when Randy Bass led the charge of the Hanshin Tigers in 1985. Bass was the hero of the season, and a big reason the Tigers took home their first championship since 1964. After the Tigers clinched the title, fans spilled out onto the streets in revelry. There was singing, cheering, and a strange celebration ritual. As the crowd sang and cheered, a fan who resembled one of the players on the newly crowned championship team was selected from the scrum to jump into the nearby Datanbori River. One by one, these celebratory doppelgangers took the leap. The crowd chose a fan who looked like Masayuki Kakifu, and he plunged into the river. Akinobu Okada, into the river. Katsuo Hirata, in he went. And then, they got to Randy Bass. Needless to say, no one from the crowd really resembled Bass. So they needed to improvise. They needed a symbol of the series hero to take a dive into the Datanbori. And after a little searching, they finally found their man. Or, more specifically, they found their statue. Not terribly far from the celebration was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Outside that establishment stood a stone statue of Colonel Sanders himself. He was a white dude with a beard. He was the closest thing to Randy Bass that that crowd was going to find. So then, in what I'm sure seemed like a good idea at the time, the good colonel went headfirst into the river. Not soon after, the crowd came to their senses. They apologized to the restaurant and vowed to return the next day to recover the chicken magnate from the riverbed. And they did. Except the colonel was gone. And he would remain gone for years and years. And during those years, the Tigers would lose. And they would lose. And they would lose. And they would lose. It would be 18 years until the Tigers would reach the championship series again. And to this day, they still haven't won another title. Randy Bass retired from baseball in 1988 and eventually found his way to the State Senate of Oklahoma. He is the co-chair of the Appropriations Subcommittee of Natural Resources. As of yet, 
no legislation regarding statues and rivers has been ratified. What makes a curse? A good story, certainly. A reputation for losing always helps, but the best ones revolve around a singular figure. A singular figure that's dead. There needs to be that ghostly presence that floats above the stadium and above the standings. Yes, it's a silly thing. Yes, it's essentially a prolonged episode of Scooby-Doo. But for the rabid fans of the Hanshin Tigers, the fans who are coming up on a 30-year championship drought, it's real enough. In 2009, during a construction project, Osaka workers finally found the statue of Colonel Sanders. He's a little worse for wear. They still haven't found his left hand or his trademark glasses, but he now currently resides outside the KFC near the Tigers' new stadium. And thousands of fans pass that statue every season, wondering when he will deem that the Tigers have suffered enough. If you ask me, 30 years is a nice round number. Stealing Home is written, hosted, produced, and scored by me, David Temple, and distributed by the Hardball Times. For a quality piece of baseball writing every weekday, visit thehardballtimes.com. Special thanks to my friends Carson Sestuli and Dane Perry for turning me on to a story that I really should have learned about a long time ago. It's kind of right in my wheelhouse. You can always follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stealinghomeradio. And for show notes on this episode and every episode past, visit thehardballtimes.com. You can follow me on Twitter at David G. Temple. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time on Stealing Home.